with the fifth edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, welcome back to the RPG A Day 2022 Challenge. We got August the 5th. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Jim. What's the prompt of the day? Well, the prompt of the day for August 5th is why, and now it's bolded, why will they like this game? And I thought it was a strange question. I think I it's thought a it was great a strange question. prompt. You know, it's like, because, you know. It's open-ended. Yeah, it's like, so I think... The reason why is that you get to be the hero of your story. Who doesn't want to be have that cinematic moment where, you know, shit's going down and, you know, it just, you know, <laughs> you just kick ass and take names and you have an unlimited special effects budget in your head. That's why you'll like this game. Big damn heroes, is that what you're saying? Exactly. I mean, I totally love the way Firefly threw out the big damn heroes, because yeah, like, that's, that's literally the enjoyment of every adventure party I've ever seen. Is, Let's yeah, go what's big that damn make heroes. us? Big damn heroes. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you don't have to be a hero, you could be, you know, an anti-hero. <laughs> it's like, but still, you get to be the star of your own cinematic adventure! I mean that, and that's the best part is, literally, it's a shared storytelling experience, and you know, and like everything else out there, what you put into it is what you get out. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some players that are really shy and bashful and stay back, but they still enjoy watching the story unfold. Mm-hmm. You know, and they know that yes, they are part of the experience. I know other people that that are totally improv actors and love being the talking head character for the group and, you know, totally getting involved and immersed in, you know, seducing the royals or (laughs) seducing the criminals or seducing the dragon. So Bard. Bard. Yep. Bard. Bard and every half whatever creature that ever results in a bard walking into town. (laughs) Reminds me of that meme where the little rock with legs comes walking up and goes, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, by the same token, you don't want to let one person overpower it for everybody. This is true. You have to share the spotlight. Exactly. 
It's a very important thing. It's just, uh, especially for the GM or referee or moderator or MC or game master, is your job is to really make sure the spotlight is traveling. Mm-hmm. Like when you play Power by the Apocalypse games, you literally say, okay, now you do this, what happens? And the camera swings over and the situation is this, and what? how do you react? You know, And you constantly are moving the story. So it's like when you watch a cinematic show, how it's moving from character to character to character. Yeah. Or how certain books, one chapter is from one person's perspective, and then it'll switch to a different uh, person in the uh – the 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 series you know that type of thing yeah yeah i mean it's like i always joke to folks like the early years of the uh ncis shows you know where you'd watch how it bounces from character to character and continuing to flow but different total perspectives you know the tech guy gets to do his techie thing the adventure guy does his adventure thing the charismatic gal does her charismatic thing you know well, that's the, but that's also the same principles um, in uh, D and D as it is in other RPGs or even television shows where you have, you have the party leader, you have the tank, you have the um, charmer, you have the, you know, you have the rogue, you have the, you know, that type of thing. So it's yep. like character classes that complement one another. Although I still want to do at some point either an all bard, an all cleric, <laughs> or all paladin group. I think that would just be a hoot. <laughs> I mean the power, the bard one would be kinda easy because you're just a group of traveling, you know, uh entertainers. Entertainers or something, you know. Uh the clerics, you know, you could be on a pilgrimage, you know, whatever. But it would just be neat because it also will illustrate how the way the many different ways you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could totally have the paladins are meeting at a place where they made an oath once as, as like the knightly orders once went there. And now there's only a single knight of each of these orders left. Ooh. And they have to go to the place where they made their, their oath to protect the the nine realms from whatever the big bad was in your world at that time. Yeah. So you may be paladins on different paths, different gods and that type of thing, but you're all working together for one purpose. Ooh, it could be a covenant of hags that you swore to destroy and you thought you did. And all of a sudden you realize the reason why your orders have been reduced to just one night each is because the hags have been slowly whittling you down by using proxies so you don't even know that one hag has returned. Dun, dun, dun. She stepped into Feywild to evade you. Mm. Although I think we are getting a little far off the topic. At this this point. is true. So I'll totally jump in the why in a totally different reason, way, Kelly. Mm. Why will they like this game? D&D. The reason why you'll like D&D is... It is fairly easy to pick up. It's a D20 plus a number. Your friends can help you make your character sheets if you don't know it. And it's classic fantasy. It's classic European fantasy that everybody catches in. It's the Arthurian fantasy. You know, it's easy to to bite into and get the setting. You know, there's dragons in the sky. Mm -hmm. There's 
dwarves and drow in the ground. There's orcs, goblins, and elves in the woods. You know, it's easy to bite into and easy to play because the rules are fairly simple. It's, I do a skill. It's plus this number, plus a dice. Here's the difficulty. You know, the jam can, some jams will tell you what the difficulty is. Other jams will describe the difficulty. You know, it's easy. Five, average 10. You know, they'll give you the target numbers or the equivalent of so you know if it's worth even trying. So it's fairly easy to play once you get the, the, the gist of it. Why will they like this game? The fantasy flight game Star Wars with the narrative dice. <laughs> yes, it's a little crunchy in making your characters at first because you have to spend this huge pool of experience, which, by the way, a lot of people love because they get to totally make their character exactly how they want them. You pick your 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 career, your specialty, your your species. And the, the most important reason why people will like that game, the narrative dice. Yeah, once you get accustomed to it. So many people love the fact that the narrative dice give you player agency in the game. And it's a level of player agency that normally GMs don't let players actually know they have or let them see that they have. Because like in d and it's I hit, I succeed or I fail. There's no levels of success or failure. In Star Wars Fantasy Dice, you can have advantage or threat, and you can succeed or you can fail. And then, mm -hmm. of course, triumph and despair can happen. So there's all these different... A single action can totally change things up. Like we've seen in different games, you know in D&D &D, there's that moment where Bob rolls perception and fails. So Susie picks up her dice to roll perception too, and you're just like, eh, you guys are all going to basically just keep rolling till you succeed, aren't you? Yeah. And your GM will basically have to say, okay, how about... One person rolls with advantage since you're aiding them. So it keeps that from happening. In Star Wars dice or Genesis, which are the same thing, <laughs> the GM will actually totally say, sure, all of you can do perception check. Yeah, Here's rack of and as the players roll, you can get threat that starts building up, or worse, if there's actively something hidden well. There's a red dice that can turn into a despair, and you just let your players keep rolling their silly dice because what they find is not going to be what they're looking for. <laughs> but so what they don't want to find might just find them. As you describe, yeah, you one of you totally checked the room, but all five of you were like tearing the place to pieces looking for something. And while you were doing that, something snuck up on you, or... You found something and you caused a bad thing to happen because you chose to do this. So, so <laughs> narrative dice give you more consequence for things, which is why I like that. Blame. <laughs> and of course, you know, you can give your players many cheat sheets out there for narrative dice that make it easier. So in theory, they will say more than I'm passing a blue dice to my ally. Hopefully they'll say... Because I set things up for them, they're going to get a boost, mm -hmm. which is the RPG way of saying they get a blue dice. Less meta, more R-O-L-E. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the last and but not least one that I'm going to totally call out for this one is, why will they enjoy playing 
Power by the Apocalypse games. One thing I love by almost all of the Power by Apocalypse games, whether we're talking like Blades in the Dark, uh, Masks, I'm blanking at the moment, Urban, Ur Urban Shadows, is A, it's an RPG that you can literally show up to game night with four hours and you say, crap, I have nothing written. Pass out the booklets and it takes your players like less than 15 minutes to make their characters because they circle, underline, circle, add a plus one, a plus two, and a minus one, and boom, their characters are done. And the beauty with the Power by the Apocalypse system is you're basically constantly asking yourself the question, what is the answer? You know, the question is this, and the dice help tell you the answer. Because I will say Power by the Apocalypse is more meta you know, when it comes to the gaming, because you'll roll, and if you slightly succeed, you say, okay, here's what I did, but here's the consequence I pick. Okay. And as a player, you get to pick those consequences. So it's like, okay, I interrogate the mobster. Uh, you succeeded, but there is a cost. And then you look at the little list, and you're like, do you want to take a consequence? You know, which basically means the mafioso totally told you but he did something to you that's got you shaken. You know, he gives you the whole Marcone stare that you know he's going to call in a favor. And I totally would slap a status on you like someone's going to call in a favor someday. Yeah, and you better come through with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you can, you know, totally pick up statuses and effects that add bonuses and hurt you, you know, or hurt you later on. You know, one of the things is it's not the, the, minimized like D&D you're rolling for every attack you basically roll to face danger and that's the encounter so it's one roll we find out how it ended up did you dominate the fight with no consequence did you take some consequences you know, and you're basically asking the story questions and figure out how it plays out and one thing that's nice with Power by the Apocalypse is you can totally do an entire story in one night because yeah. you get to cut camera from one player to another player to another player. So it's constantly the GM decides to move the story forward. And and if I remember correctly, you um, build the characters together because yep. then it's like the person to the right of you, you have to come up with a relationship, you know, or, you know, and, and has these little prompts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it makes it more, you know, tied in. Oh, yeah. Keyed into everybody. Yeah, pretty much any of the magpie games that use Powered by the Apocalypse, like even a pillion where you play the cute and cuddly dragons with the, the baby dragons. Mode, you know, your characters are totally bound together as, as the beginning of the story. Like Urban Shadows, you're playing Vampire the Masquerade meets Dresden Files, and you totally have boons and favors with the group already. So there's already a built-in dynamic in the character sheet, which is nice. Because literally, it's meant to be a pickup game. You know, you can have a campaign or you can have these small army of one shots. And usually with Power by the Apocalypse, when you suck at something and take a major consequence, which is usually you roll really poorly, that's actually how you level up. Because, hmm. you know, when the game was designed years ago for Dungeon World that or Apocalypse World, 
that's how you learn is by failing in life. You know, you don't <laughs> learn by succeeding every time. You got to fail to learn. So when you fail at things, that's how you evolve your characters. And it's funny how di the different games evolve your characters in different ways. Because a lot of times it's like, you unlock these cool new powers. But uh, all of these games have really good, valid things that I enjoy. And, of course, it goes back to the, yes, that's why this is RPG a day and not the D&D 30-day thing. Because it's all about all the RPGs. I know. But now, a further question, will they like this? You also, before you embark on a campaign and stuff, it's probably a good idea to suss out um, what they would be interested in. Because if somebody, yeah, if they're totally for a fantasy, you know, like D&D type setting, they may not be up for um, uh, uh, Shadow of the Beanstalk, Cyberpunk uh kind of thing so and then they'd be like eh i'm not that into it but you give them sword and sorcery um mm -hmm. they, they'll be like all about it so you, you have to like oh yeah you have to know your out. audience you know yeah you, you have to make sure that uh, you have that pre-session zero session where you guys chit chat about what is it you guys want to play because mm -hmm. it could be they're totally wanting to play, you know, they watch a sci-fi movie and want to play a space opera. You know, they just binge those those seasons of Babylon 5 and want to play that out. Or they want to do a White Wolf vamp Masquerade game because they're like in, totally into vampires or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know, specific. So you have to kind of find out. Though I, I totally, totally believe as a GM... It's funny how many players, if you as a GM, have something that you feel passionate about and you say, this is what I want to run. Is anyone interested? They will flock when you tell them that you have like a structure concept and they know that this concept is there. And then you have that session zero to fill out that concept with their input. That way it gives them the, the meat and potatoes to grab onto and start sprinkling carrots and radishes on. <laughs> Seriously, a lot of players, if you just say, you know, hey, guys, what do you guys want to play? You just get the blank stares. Cricket, cricket, cricket. But if you sit down and say, okay, here's the deal. We're going to play a game. We're level five. D&D, &D, the whole goal is to get to ten and kill this dragon. The whole time, this dragon is going to give you guys crap. So you know what's going to happen until you're level ten. Run away. Yeah. You better run away. <laughs> So it's one of those of if you set up, you know, what the concept is, a lot of players will find the fun in that knowing ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So they know the idea like, you know, hey, you're there because there will be an orc raid that usually happen every 20, 30 years. You will be the next generation of heroes during the orc wars. Dun, dun, dun. So that way you've got something to hold on to and you know where the proverbial fun is located. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, the fun is actually totally brought to the table. Yeah, but also because this way you're you sort of kind of know what you're getting too. Because mm -hmm. you get the hey yeah I, um like what do you guys want to run and it's like well I I'm down to run you know and then something gets picked and it's like no <laughs> yeah, and that that can happen because that that will kill the fun because all of a sudden somebody be like. I was totally going to do this thing. And then they're like, 
And now I'm just showing up to hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, Which, I've, you know, that can have its, you know, advantages too. But if you want a game that's going to be a campaign, an actual campaign, mm-hmm. you know, it, it has to be a little more. Exactly. It's, it's, it's got to have that staying power. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, when it comes to will they like the game as a GM, check in with your players. Don't be afraid to ask questions of, hey, guys, uh, did you want this to be the end of the campaign? You know, you want to go a couple more? Like like my Thursday night group, I totally asked them because there's this cool scene where they're pulling up in the Arctic and they're about to challenge these wizards who are trying to doomsday cult the Earth with ice because they found this giant's ice weapon that they're totally going to use. And I totally asked them, okay, when you guys jump off this boat and there's this massive fight... Are you guys wanting to wrap up the campaign here or do you want to continue to the next fight with the BVE? You know, the big bad evil. So that way, you you know, as a GM, what their expectation is. Are we talking like two or three more months of gaming or a month and wrap up? Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to ask out of game your care, your players, because sometimes folks would be like, yeah, I saw that movie and I want to make this thing, you know. So it might be time to wrap up because sometimes things do stagnate and you gotta gotta kick the beehive. Yeah, that's a good point. Or kick the dice bag. <laughs> I mean, I I am a fan. Roll of, the die. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan as of the. There was a concept back in the '90s of the trilogy style game, where basically the concept would be it's a, a three, six, or nine month campaign, and that's it. So y'all know there's an ending coming up. So when the GM's writing it, he doesn't have to keep writing open-ended things or chapter. Then you guys spend the winter recuperating back at home. And here's the new problem for spring. You know, so that way you've got, you know what the expectation is when the wrap-up's coming. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, totally like a lot of the, the live stream games are that way. They They literally will set up a season where it's just four months and that's the campaign. So that way they know towards the end, it's getting towards the end. I mean, how many Star Wars groups would spend that experience quicker if they knew the end was coming? That That's a good point. I mean, how many of those Star Wars players hoard those points and then all of a sudden realize, crap, I should have bought something with that. Yeah, and see, I'm not one of those players. I'm like, oh... I got to do homework. What? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. Oh, fuck. I forgot to do that. Okay. I'll do it next time. Oh, I forgot again. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to up my skills in this. <laughs> and yes, GMs, when you see your players hoarding points in a game system like that, totally make sure that you do something to them. And then totally point out, like, this talent would have been really helpful. At yeah, this, you know, this that account. could have helped. <laughs> you know, having a second person that could fly the ship would have been great, even they, if, even if they were just Chewbacca sidekick-level piloting of the ship, you know. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the one that takes the spaceship out of port and scrapes the wall all the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love the Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think we should probably wrap it up there so we don't taper too much into days tomorrow, mm. which is 
how would you get more people to play RPGs? <laughs> By running more RPGs. Getting more players to run one-shots is totally my tease. That's my teaser right there. By the way, yes, your forever GMs love it when players want to run a one-shot. Even if it's craptacular, they will love you for it. Yeah, I'm terrible, though. No, you're not. I am. You are not. Yes. It's just that every new GM, until they realize that they're just going to do what they're going to do and to heck with how you guys feel about it, get past that imposter syndrome. You know, like that meme I shared you of, you guys like that? This is crap. <laughs> because you realize, you know, yes, it's not actually crap. But as a GM, you're just like, I could have done so much better. It's totally like George Lucas with Star Wars. You're looking at it after the fact, like, I could have done better. I could have had a bigger budget. Mm, no, his original stuff was way better than the... <laughs> Sometimes less is more. Yeah. It's like, you know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> And hey, that's a good lesson for GMs. Know when to edit yourself and not over-create. Mm -hmm. Leave blank spots on the map. Yeah, well, and also that helps because you don't always know where an adventure's going to go. And if you're too fixed on one path, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, what, that, the old saying that, that no plan survives first contact with the enemy Yep. No campaign survives first contact with the players. <laughs> this is true. This is very, very true. And besides, you, you never know what your characters are going to like in the game. So it could be that what you were fixated on is not actually the thing they like. Instead of going out doing chores for the royals, they want to stay in town and do a, you know, urban mystery type of dealio. So you, you might have to change things up. I mean, many a campaign, I've had to actually cater to what the players were liking and what their expectations were because it was a little different than what we all started out as. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times have we had a character where all of a sudden the character takes over and has its own, own direction, and that's what we have to go with because that's what they like? Well, the characters can, you know, depending on the player and the backstories and whatnot can take on a completely different life of their own than what you had expended. Look at Trixie Lockhart. You broke her. <laughs> <laughs> you broke that character. <laughs> I did. I broke her so bad. She's broken. <laughs> and these things happen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I wouldn't play her still. <laughs> she just now has extra level of uh, background. <laughs> so I'm going to say we've definitely done today's topic and then some. Mm -hmm. It's a good place to wrap it up. We totally have to get ready for the Winter Twitch Gang group, which is funny because that was like the first group we streamed on Twitch. And now all of them are on Twitch since COVID. <laughs> because there's about to be some bad stuff that happens in our Android group. Mm. Bad things. It's a difficult town. Yep. And I will totally tease. I've already picked what RPG we're playing in fall. So there. Ooh. No vote. No public opinion. No polling my players to see what they want to play. Y'all. Oh, you whatever. mean everything you just said would you would recommend yep. to get? <laughs> because when you get to a certain level of game master, you're just like, you're going to do what I want. 
and then the players will totally start protesting by either A, not showing up to game, B, being distracted during game, or C, they kind of hijack the story and do it anyway what they want. <laughs> you play uh, a sci-fi game, and they build a hollow deck, and in the hollow deck, they play fantasy characters. <laughs> Let's plan the adventure playing our fantasy characters. But I have to say, uh, color me intrigued. It is not cyberpunk. It is not fantasy. Oh. oh, are we getting a fake game? No, it's still staying. In the, it's still staying in the Genesis school. That's what Friday night is for, is for Genesis. Okay, but yes, right. speaking of Scion, we totally need to get a Ragnarok and Roll group going again. Whether it's the librarian slash warehouse 13 idea where you're relic hunters. I like that. I still think that is an amazing storyline because we just need, you know, Warehouse 13, we got Scion one... of Thoth. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, come on. I mean, I my character, she's, you know, I created for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panarchy. You know, yeah, Panarchy, a hacktivist. And, <laughs> you know, I never really got to play her too much. It's true. That game so, was started. We it had tried to one... do it online, and we just couldn't get the group doing online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then people ran off to do the college thing. Yeah. Silly higher education people. (laughs) Get the higher education. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll definitely call it there so we can get ready for our other game and probably sneak in some food. Mm -hmm. Because that's what players like. Players like food. Yeah. I mean, that's also what we enjoy about gaming in person is because you get to break bread and have your friends and hang out. Yeah, and it's a license to have bad snacks. This is true. <laughs> I'm like, but it's game day! <laughs> I can misbehave. <laughs> All right. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CPPN to never miss a show or stream.